1: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with an abuse survivor named Summer. And Summer was in a relationship with a controlling narcissist whose kindness always had attachments. It's a story of infidelity, vindictiveness, and growing from an unfortunate experience. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, a podcast that gives a voice to survivors of narcissistic abuse. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad and thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to a narcissist as anyone who has displayed a pattern of behavior that shows a limited capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. It is that simple. And now before we get to our episode with Summer, I just wanted to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, a reminder if you have not left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Castbox, etc., etc., please leave us a five star written review as it helps out the show when it comes to rankings. Now, if you haven't been to our website recently, please do go there if you want to be part of our show. Our website is narcissistapocalypse.com and you can fill out our guest form. And we will then go from there. But the quickest way to be part of our show is to also go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com and to read a letter to your narcissist and be part of our letters to our narcissist compilation episode. We have a voicemail recorder on our website. Go there at NarcissistApocalypse.com. It's on the right side of the page. It's always floating around and hard to miss. There's a button that says send voicemail. Press it, and away you'll go. We are accumulating these letters to have a volume two of that episode, so send in those voicemails. And if you want my friend Melissa or myself to read your letter instead, just send it to NarcissistApocalypse at com. Other things on our site, we are now offering high-conflict parenting courses that can be found at NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. Yes, we have now partnered with an online parenting company, Called Online Parenting. And many of these courses we are offering were created by Bill Eddy. And if you have listened to an episode we did last year with a divorce lawyer named Helen, you'll know that Bill Eddy is an expert in dealing with these individuals in court. And he's now helped create many parenting courses to help you through divorce and to help support your children too. These courses are the most widely recognized courses by family courts across the country. So if you want to support the show and are looking for guidance, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. What else do I have on my list here? We have another podcast called Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, and it is now available for your listening pleasure. Our first 13 episodes have been released, and on the last one, we had Brandy Smith, who is an... licensed professional counselor, and a licensed chemical dependency counselor. And we discussed love addiction and codependency. It was a great and informative episode. So if you're looking for a therapist or coach like Brandy Smith or others that have been on our Q&A podcast, please do go to abusetherapy.org. Abusetherapy.org has coaches and therapists that specialize in narcissistic abuse. And if we don't have someone in your area, let us know and we will help find someone for you. Using Abusetherapy.org helps support the show. But do you know what else helps support the show? Our Patreon. Yes, we started a Patreon. If you want to hear episodes that never made it to air, follow-up episodes with former guests, and much, much more, join our Patreon. We'll be releasing new content on there every week. So to help support the show, become a patron of our Patreon at patreon.com slash Oh, there's more stuff, everyone. I can't believe how much stuff we have. We also started an Instagram and a YouTube channel and started making fun pop culture narcissist-based videos. So if you want to also support the show, go watch those on Instagram and on YouTube. Uh, Check out our videos. And it is under Narcissist Apocalypse. And now it's time for me to get out of my own way and your way. Here is my conversation with Summer. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse. With me today, I have Summer. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good.
1: Well, thank you for um, being with me here today, and um, you know, not being upset that I was a little bit late for uh, this call. And uh, I'm just going to get out of my way and your way. The floor is now yours.
0: Okay, so a little bit of background on me is that I'm the youngest of four children. My parents divorced when when I was two, and um, by the time I came along, I think my mom was kind of done with the parenting. Um, she was not involved in my life at all, so I didn't have a very healthy relationship with, with either of my parents. Uh, my dad lived in a different state and I saw him a few times a year, but um, I did not have a lot of, of guidance and nurturing growing up. Um, so I say that because I think it led to some of my later not so wonderful decisions in life. And so when I was in college is when I met my ex-husband. I met him when I was 18. And um, we were together for 12 years. We, we dated for five years, and, and then we got married when I was 23. I have two sons. Um, they're 18, and the, my youngest is going to be 16 this summer. Um, so that relationship... Um, w- w- we're still like very much on friendly terms. My, my ex-husband and myself, we have great co-parenting and, and all of that. Um, but that relationship was more of, he was kind of like a father figure to me. He was very, um, I hate to use the word controlling, but a little controlling, but I, I saw that as love, um, because I didn't really have people growing up who were that, sort of involved and concerned with, with decisions and things that I did in my life. So um, I married him for the wrong reasons, I would say, um, which is unfortunate for him and, and myself. But we had these two great kids. So, so that's good. Anyway, we got divorced uh, when I was 32. And um, I, I still had some things to work out uh, emotionally, I would say I wasn't making the greatest decisions with relationships or anything like that. And around 2013, 14, I got a message from someone who is a family friend and she reached out to me and she said, Hey, um, are you by any chance, are you single right now? Because I have this amazing person I want to introduce you to. You have two sons. He has three sons. You guys have so much in common. He's such a great guy. Um, And I said, yeah, you know, sure, give him my number. And I said, you never know. Maybe, Maybe it will become something. If not, he sounds like a great guy, and you can never have enough, like, good people in your life. So that's how it started and he lived and this is this is the narcissist that i'm talking about um he ended up being that um for me and he uh he lived uh, i would say about an hour south of where i live and so he did reach out to me we texted a little bit and I was just kind of not feeling it, and then he even <laughs> sent me some pictures, and, and the pictures, I was I did not find him attractive, and I was just like, eh, you know, not really into it. But, like, every six months, he would reach out to me and say, hey, how are you? How are your boys? Are you married yet? That, always the same uh, questioning. And uh, so we stayed in touch like that for four years, and... At one point, I'm down at my father's house, who is a half hour south of me, so closer to him. And I say, hey, uh, I'm kind of in your neck of the woods. Why don't we meet? And he ended up um, the next day coming to my family's house. He met my dad, my stepmom, my children, my uncle. Like, we had a bunch of family over that day. He met everyone. And it's funny because... Oh, during the period of texting with him, for having not found him attractive, when I saw him in person, I was wildly attracted to him. His everything, his smile, his body, his demeanor. He was very charismatic. He just instantly, I really was drawn to him. So was my family. They're like, "Oh, this guy, he's so great." Everyone liked him and this was on a sunday and um the next couple of days later he wanted to uh to see me he wanted to have dinner with me so he ended up it was a tuesday evening he sent a driver for me and uh you know he he said i don't want you to have to drive all the way down here i want you to be relaxed you've worked all day and so he had someone pick me up and, you know, drove me south. And it's funny, the driver on the way there was also telling me what a great guy he is. He's so wonderful. He's, you know, successful. He's so loved by the community, just on and on and on. So I go to his house, and it's beautiful, and it's on the water, and it's it would I, you know, he had what would be, I think in any boy's mind, a, a dream come true. Like, uh, boats, jet skis, uh, four wheelers. Like, you know, I had two teenage boys at the time and I was like, wow, this would be like, you know, a dream for them. And he ended up taking me out on his boat and we went to dinner and, um, and then we came back, and, and he he was, you know, he was a gentleman. He didn't really try anything. I think at the end of the night, you know, he kissed me goodnight and then um, put me back in the car. The driver drove me home, and I slept the whole way, and then, you know, he woke me up. He's like, okay, you're back. So it, he we did that a couple times. He was very much uh, the gentleman in the beginning. <laughs> and then um, that was – that was in March of 2017, and then um, and then it was weird because he would he would alternate between being incredibly present and tech, not calling as much as texting, 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 texting. The texting was it was a lot all the time and pictures. And but in constant contact with me and then not and then I wouldn't hear from him. And something from my childhood is that I, I have like a protective mechanism um I would say around my heart. And so when when I would feel him pull away, I wouldn't chase him. When I would feel that he was distant, I would let him be you know I I wouldn't reach out to him I wouldn't call him I wouldn't question him you know where are you what I would just I would just let it be um I mean on the inside I would be devastated but but I wouldn't show that and I wouldn't act on it and um at this point I was also I was changing careers and um I was studying for um, a licensing exam for, for my, my new career. And, um, and I took the test. Uh, this was, oh, It was June. It was my mom's birthday, actually. And I failed. I, I failed. I missed like three questions and he picked me up that night and he took me an hour North to, uh, to a hotel with a spa. And, you know, he, he's, he was like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. You know, you work so hard. And, um, he wanted to, um, help me relax, you know, even though I didn't, I didn't pass. He's like, they'll get it the next time. Um, so he would do things that were so kind and considerate, but then there was, uh, something attached to it. Right. So that weekend we're there and then he starts looking up, um, sex clubs around the area. <laughs> and, um, he's like, hey, there's like this, this swingers club just, just, you know, a couple miles from here. I mean, looking back, that's why he chose to go. And now it, it was all, you know, very much pre planned. Um, and so another thing is, uh, growing up, um, the The infidelity that has occurred with the men in my family is just it's a major issue, like my dad has uh you know he's he's my father and the father of my siblings, but there's been a- along my life other siblings coming out of the woodworks just from you know affairs or just major womanizer my dad, my brother my uncle i I've always known this, and so i um it's part of the reason I married my ex- husband is because I trusted him and he was trustworthy he i he never cheated on me, he was you know very respectful in that way and and that's that's huge to me, but there's also a part of me that just believes that um this is how men are right so it it gave me that belief. And, um, so he, and so him wanting to go to the sex club, this wasn't the first time, like he, he had started dropping, you know, little suggestions and little hints and trying to, um, see if I was, if I was interested in women. So that's, you know, shocking. He was a guy who wanted two girls. (laughs) Um, so, I and I wasn't but in my mind I was like well he's either going to do this with me or behind my back um so I found myself going along with things that I really did not want to do um because I thought you know this was a way to to keep him faithful which is, is insane because as it turns out, they do it with you and behind your back. So that was a great lesson for me um, to so, learn over time.
1: So at this point, so, at at this point, yeah. um, would you say that you are um, fully uh, locked in with him, kind of on a pedestal of sorts, where um, you are? Uh, so, uh, you know, love-bombed by the care and the kindness and the, um, is there a savior aspect to anything?
0: Yes, yes. I mean, I adored him. I thought, you know, he hung the sun, moon, and stars. I I thought he was just the greatest. And for the times that he would disappear... Um, where I'd be like, what's going on with any other relationship? I would have been like, oh, this person's lying to me. They're cheating. They're this, they're that. But the person I was working with, funny enough, she, she would be like, you know what? I think he's a really hard worker. He, he has, you know, a very professional job. There's, um, his patients have like a three month waiting list to see him. Um, so she's like, this is, you know, you've just been with people well, you've been with slackers in the past. This is what it looks like when you work really hard. So I was like, Oh, this is just, you know, he, he's that hard of a worker. So I would make these justifications in my mind. Also, um, I have my own, uh, had, I'm going to say had because I'm healing, but my, my own bit of, uh, I would say sexual dysfunction. And I thought that when he was wanting other people or wanting like some, you know, us to get involved in some crazy act, I thought it was because uh, I had a shortcoming, like there was something wrong with me, and um, that that was the major part. Is I just I, I took the blame for his wanting to do this.
1: During those times um, when, you know, he wouldn't, um, there like communication was lacking and, um, were like internally, were you feeling, um, despair? Like you were. Oh
0: my gosh. I was, I, it was crazy making. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I mean, that's the whole other thing is. I was absolutely consumed with him, with thoughts of him, when I'm talking to him, when I'm not talking to him. The only time I could sleep is when I was with him. Like, I would know, oh, here he is. Like, the only time I felt peace is when I was with him. When I wasn't with him, I was constantly, you know, thinking about him. and, And when he would fall out of contact with me, that would just magnify Everything and and it would consume me as far as work, my children. I would I would be with them, but I would I'm mentally not present at all, and I would be very very like on edge, tension, anxiety. Like you know, you were in a, you were in a true
1: was, black hole. Like
0: yeah, and even even talking about it, as healed as I am right now, ugh, it was terrible. It's a terrible way to exist. Mm-hmm. Because it, it affects every area of your life. Um So on the weekend that he took me, you know, north to this little getaway, we come back uh, to my home on um, to the town where I live in on the Sunday. And it is we're having a birthday dinner that night for for like my great aunt. And she's in her 90s. Kind of a big deal. And so I said, oh, okay, so dinner is going to be at five o'clock and it's going to be um, my boy's grandma. It's my ex-mother-in-law, my ex-husband's mom. I'm very close with her, <clears throat> and the dinner was going to be there. And so we stopped driving back to town. We stopped at the store. He's like, he's never met this aunt, by the way, and he's buying her flowers and chocolates and, you know, just, like, going above and beyond. I'm just like, it's 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 really not necessary. She's also blind and she, you know, I mean, so it was, uh, it it was a lot, his his efforts and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, he really, you know, must want to impress her or whatever. So he drops me at my house and I was gonna pick up my boys and take them to the grandmother's. And um, he said, okay, I need to, he had an office in this town where I lived. He said, I need to stop by my office, uh, do a couple things, and I'll I'll meet you over there for dinner. So, I say, okay. So, I get my voice. We go over. Um, We get there at, like, 4. It's 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. I'm calling him. I texted him. Uh, No response. I call him. No response. That's it. I don't keep calling. I don't keep texting. I'm just just like, well, that's that's really weird, but I wasn't worried. I didn't think anything had happened to him. I thought this is, this is so strange. We had just had, I mean, aside from him wanting to take me to that crazy club, a really nice weekend. a very, you know, um, I just, I thought, I thought it was a great weekend and then he disappears. And so now it's like seven thirty, eight o'clock. I leave, I go home and it, 1030 at night, I get a call from, um, from my ex mother-in-law and she said, you're not going to believe who, who, you know, just left. And I said, huh? And she said, yeah, he showed up, you know, the gates were closed. She was upstairs, like getting ready for bed. He shows up and she goes downstairs, you know, to open the door let him in. And he's just like, oh, sorry, I'm late. And she's like, oh, you know, the whole thing was so weird. You know, he shows up five and a half hours late and she proceeds to feed him and they talk. I mean, you know, she said, you know, April was really worried. He said, oh, she mad at me. She said, well, I think she was really worried. And then, oh, no, she called me with him next to her. She said, you're not going to believe who's here. And I was like, yeah, it's really weird. Okay, like I was like, all right enjoy your dinner, you know, good night. And it was very strange. And then he ended up having his dinner there and then leaving and driving the hours South back to his house. And the next day, um, he called me in the morning and I just said, look, like, I, I don't know what this is. This is insane that you would have spent the weekends with me. And then like, what was that yesterday? And I'm like, I don't know what this is. But it feels terrible. And um and he's very big. He's like, you know, six, three, two hundred something pounds of pure muscle. He he looks like he's he's a wrestler. And I said, you know, physically I feel very, very safe with you. I said, but emotionally I feel you know, very unsafe with you. Like everything about me is on guard with you. And I, I don't like living like this. And, you know, I like, don't call me again. I don't want to see you. And I hang up and I'm like shaking, but I know it's, it's what's best for me. And an hour and a half later, and it's pouring down rain at this time, but an hour and a half later, he is outside of where I work. And, you know, he's at the door and he's, he's just, he's dressed up for work and he's covered and, you know, he's dripping wet from the rain. And he's, I let him in and he just takes me and hugs me and he falls to his knees and he's like, I love you. I can't be without, you. I mean, this crazy, you know, show of whatever it was, I don't know. But of course he's in front of me and I just, I'm out because I'm crazy about him. And so I'm like, okay, you know, and I take him back. And, um, and this, it, it, it continues, you know, so it's, it's good. And then it, and then he disappears. And so we end up going, so that's around June. Uh, okay. So now a month later, um, I go down and I, I spend the weekends with him typically. So um, when he has his kids, you know, I would go down sometimes with, with my boys and <clears throat> we'd all be together and we sort of planned it that on weekends where he didn't have his boys, you know, my boys would be with their dad and, and we would, you know, spend that time together. And um, so I go down um, one night we don't have our children and he tells me <clears throat> that he has a couple girls who are coming ugh this is hard to talk about um he has he has some girls who are coming to join us and um we end up you know going out on the boat or they, I'm sorry. They were going to come down at night and they ended up not coming down. And they came down the next day early, like on a Saturday uh, afternoon. And so the whole day we spent together, we went out on the boat. Uh, There was drinking and um, (sighs) I don't know, but other things, Um, some ecstasy.
2: Mm-hmm. do i say <laughs>
0: okay so <laughs> yeah that that which which really made all inhibitions disappear and um all of a sudden i'm just super relaxed i'm lying there on the boat and now both of these girls are on top of me and then i was like what is happening what is ha-? and they're just like one of them's playing with my hair and the other one's like caressing me and and I look up and I see him at the other like at the far end of the boat, just like watching. And then I was like, What is this? And they're like, What is this? You know, kind of like making fun of me a little bit and I'm like, What and and they're like, just relax, just enjoy, just and then I was like, Oh my God, I, I'm so stupid. I that's it it all like started to hit me. But then what also hit me
2: was
0: um the thought that that in the time that I'd been with him that i was I was sexually broken is what I felt like there's something wrong with me, and now he's like called in people help what to fix me to um, either fix me or maybe help me um, be more satisfying to him somehow, right? Um, but I took this as, hey, I have I have issues in this area anyway. Maybe this is what I need. I don't know. Nothing's helped me in the past. Maybe maybe this will. Maybe this will be good for me. Maybe I should just sort of go with the flow. And, um, and I, I did, I tried to, I couldn't ultimately, um, relax into it. And, um, and then I, so I remember like a day or two later calling up my best friend and telling her what happened and I just, I started crying and I think it was in telling her that it like re- i started to really feel what had happened, and i felt i felt like just so dirty and used and um i'm mad at him and mad at myself, and it just you know confused everything within me, but I was addicted to him. Is the thing. Like, I know now it wasn't, it wasn't even love. It was just pure addiction, adrenaline, like every unhealthy sort of attachment that I could have felt, I felt for him and to him. And, um, and then, um, in, uh, in September, of that year, he, he had a conference in Europe that he was speaking at and he wanted me to go with him and, uh, and, and we went and his, his dad also came, which was really nice. I really, really loved both of his parents and his dad came and it was really nice because this is the place that, that they were from. And I met, you know, some of his family and we uh, visited the graves of certain relatives who had passed away. So sometimes our relationship had like very normal things happening, like you know, and that's what I loved. I loved, I loved the bits of normalcy. And um, but then it ended when his dad ended up leaving, and, and we were alone at the end of the vacation. We were in a certain city. <clears throat> and every day, he kept talking about, you know, um, going online and and finding some girl, finding someone to, you know, to come and and play with us, or uh, you know, he always wanted to go to like a strip club or something. It, there was always like the, the sexual aspect, but it was never just the two of us. It, you know, he wanted to involve other people. And, um, it just, it was the worst because I just felt like there's, there's nothing I could do. He's, he's never going to be satisfied. I'm never going to be enough for him. Um, so now we come back from this vacation and, um, around around december uh of that year the, the month of december was just like one crazy thing after another like nothing lining up uh his behavior was super weird and and i i never had proof of anything because there was such a distance between us and because we didn't have mutual friends he he wasn't on social media. There was like, there was no way that I could I could find out like what's going on. Like nothing. I I I had no proof of anything, except in my gut. Like he would tell me something, and I could just I could feel that it was a lie. And um, and I I didn't trust myself, but I was constantly having you know stomach pains and. Um, and so, but during the month of December, I kept saying, you know, like, I can't do this anymore. It's making me crazy. It's like, I'm, I'm so unhappy and, and I would try to end, end it with him or, you know, break up with him. And then he would end up like sleeping outside of where I lived in his car, waiting for me to come out. Like it was always some insane grand gesture of, you know, I love you. Take me back. Like, it's crazy making. And um, around um, the holidays, that time around Christmas, my whole family came to town and they were staying down at my father's. And, um, you know, he wanted to host them and take them out on the boat and uh, take them to dinner and take them um swimming with the dolphins and all these things. And, like, my family just, they thought he was great. I remember my brother saying to me, hey, I mean, you know, jokingly, he's like, if things don't work out with you and this guy, I'll date him. Mm -hmm. Because he was a real guy's guy. And my brother, like, the hunting and the fishing and, you know, so my brother thought he was great. My sister was like, oh, he's just he's so cute and he's so this and that like he won my entire family over the ones who were like just meeting him. And, uh, it was funny. My sister was like, Oh, I don't know. It seems. I remember once she said, it seems like it'd be so hard to date him. I mean, you just know that girls constantly have to be throwing themselves at him. And I was like, really? Like, don't say that to me, but it was something that I had Certainly, been thinking and feeling, and I was like, "Yeah, it really sucks to date him, actually." And um, but I say this because this this was my sister going on and on about what a great guy he is. And two days later, um, it is now like the you know two days before New Year's Eve or whatever, and I was going to go spend the weekend with him, and we decide to to meet down at my dad's house and then we were going to go south to his house. So when we, I meet him at my dad's, he comes over, he arrives, he walks in with a bottle of champagne that is open. He'd been drinking it in the car and his behavior was so, it was so weird. And, um, and it was just off. And my dad had mentioned something to him. He said, Hey, um, we went to such and such place. Um, I don't know how to say this. Uh, they, they went to a place that he had recommended to my family. Right. And the person that, that was showing them around, um, the girl had said, Oh, so how did you hear about us? And my dad said, Oh, so-and-so, Date my daughter and so my dad said oh so I met this girl and you know told her that you know you date my daughter and right then um my my ex his face just like went pale like what and and then he disappeared he went to the bathroom for like 20 minutes and I looked at my dad and I said well apparently you said the wrong thing to the wrong person, you know? And he's like, what's up? you know, what's going on with him tonight? And then my sisters are like, for real, like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, this isn't the guy that we met a couple of days ago. Totally different, you know, version of himself. And then uh, one of my sisters pulled me to the side and she said, listen, um, I, I don't want you to get in the car with him tonight because we were going to leave and, and go to his house, which is a half hour south. And um, she said, he, he's really weird, and I, I don't think it's safe for you to get in the car with him. And I thought she meant because he'd been drinking, like, you know, she didn't want him driving. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go with him, but I'm going to drive his car. So I, I left my car at my parents, and we went south. And um, the next morning, we... and. So I had a whole suitcase with me, like a big suitcase, because it was, it was New Year's Eve. And I was like, oh, he hasn't mentioned what we're doing. I don't know. You know, so I had all these, uh, outfit options for, you know, whatever we planned on doing. And I was going to spend like the next, um, five days or so with him. Because also, um, the next day, which was, I guess, December 30th, my ex husband was also getting married. So, um, my kids weren't with me. Um, everyone was, was in town. All of my, my ex husband's family, who, who I'm still close with today, they, they were all in town for his wedding, you know, to, to his, his wife. And, um, so it was, even though we'd been divorced for many years. There's, it's still rather emotional, <laughs> you know, that he's, he's getting married. My kids are going to be in his wedding. It's had its own emotion wrapped around it. Um, but I woke up that day and we went to the gym, we worked out and there was something kind of strange about him. And at one point he said, Oh, I have to go. I have to go help my dad move something. And he left the house for a while and it just, kind of didn't make sense and I'm like he's he's up to something I don't know and then he came back and he was just really quiet never mentioned anything about any plans for anything but I knew he was supposed to have his kids and I said listen why don't why don't you get your boys why don't we go take them to a movie there was like some new sort of cartoon that opened up and I said but let's, let's do stuff with them and so we get dressed to go to the movies, and, um, I mean, I'm fully dressed, have, like, my, my purse on, on my shoulder, and he's like, you know, he said, why don't you stay here? I'm going to go get them from their moms, who's very close, and, um, you know, I'll be right back. And I said, okay. So before he leaves, he pushes me down on the bed, takes my pants off, um, you know, Uh, performed sexual acts on me for like 20 minutes, but staring at me in my eyes with such a crazy expression that I remember just looking at his eyes and just being like, what is that look? It's what is that? It's not love. It's not. I couldn't place the emotion or lack thereof. It was just like this crazy stare. And then he gets up and goes, And I'm there, and and he should have been gone and back within 10 minutes. And then 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes goes by, and then I get a text message from him. And it's really long, and it's just like this crazy, cryptic, um, I'll say a breakup message, Um, but it was like saying, um, I don't know, he had referenced in, previously in the month when I had broken up with him, you know, that he, he doesn't feel safe. How does he know that starting off this new year that I'm going to, you know, want to be with him? And um, I can't remember the wording. It's been so long, but it, it it was breaking up with me. And I was just like, what? He He's breaking up with me as I'm in his house he's gone. I have no car. I like, what is this? And then he says at the end of it, that I can take, um, one of his cars and, you know, take it to my dad's and he'll just, he'll pick it up later. And, um, I just immediately, I just started packing up my stuff. I was bawling and just in shock and um i went downstairs and i called an uber and i was outside on the driveway um waiting for it and i called <clears throat> one of my best friends and i was just bawling and i was like you know trying to process what had happened and i talked to her the whole like half hour uber drive back up to my dad and then i i showed up at my family's house and i was just devastated and um and so it, it's just crazy timing that he did that to me at his house you know i had no car on the day my ex-husband is getting married the day before new year's eve like all of it was just crazy and um and so i i told my family a little bit about like what had been happening, you know, minus the crazy sexual stuff. And, um, they were all like, he's got you bad news. Like, you know, you really need to have nothing to do with this guy. He's really like terrible. <clears throat> and one thing I did though, was I told my dad, I tried to make it impossible for me to go back to him. Um, here's an analogy the, the woman i work with used to go to weight watchers and she learned in weight watchers that when you're trying to lose weight uh, if if you have you know if you're at a restaurant and you have a lot of food on your plate rather than eat all of it you you eat a certain amount i mean there's always you know you could put some stuff in a to go box but another thing you could do is literally like spill your drink spill something on your plate to make it so that you won't go back to that plate. Right. So I was like, I need to do something so that I, I need to make it impossible for me to go back to him. So I told my dad about his drug usage. Oh, that was the other thing. So he um, used a lot of cocaine, which I live in a place where people do that. And I, I just, I hadn't seen it. And I, I certainly hadn't seen usage like that, especially among like a, really successful person who, you know, works and has, you know, lives in his hands. It was crazy to me. So I I told my dad that my dad is, is, you know, anti-drug, anti-alcoholic, very sober. And, um, I knew that that would be like the thing. And sure enough, you know, my dad is like, you can't have anything to do with him. He's, you know, really bad. And bad for you. And um, so that was it. I, I got my car, went home. And then the following days were just, I was bombarded with messages from him, with voicemails. And his his voicemail, like, two to, you know, after New Year's Eve, so on New Year's Day, he's like, I can't believe you left. I wouldn't have left. Had you sent me that message, the cops would have come. Like, you know, they would have had to drag me out of your house. He made it as if that was a a test. He was testing me to see if I would fight for him. He's like, you know, you... you, have been so easy to give up on me that I, I just wanted to make sure that going into the new year that you were going to fight for me and fight for us. And he turned it all around and I was just like, you know, I didn't respond to him. He even at one point had his mother call me and, um, and it, it wasn't easy. Like I was devastated. I was just heartbroken and, um, I remember my ex-husband, it was now, um, the day that, the day after he got married, he was, he was at the airport leaving for his honeymoon. And, um, very sweet. He took my boys and his, his new wife has a son. So they took all the kids on their honeymoon with them. And he called me from the airport to ask me, you know, to get his mail or whatever (laughs) when he's gone. And, um, And I answered the phone and I was like, hello, you know, just bawling. And he goes, Oh my God, what's wrong. And I'm telling my ex-husband what happened. And he starts crying. He's like, you're breaking my heart right now. You know? And, and then he told me, he's like, look, you have to get past it. Like you, you deserve so much more than this. You know, it's, it's terrible how he's been with you. And, you know I know it sucks now but you need to move on. And um and so I was that lasted, you know, for a couple of weeks I I did the whole like no contact thing or although I didn't know it was no contact, I didn't know anything about narcissism or anything like that at this point. I just thought he was he was crazy but I thought I I mean I was equally out of my mind um and so now he's he's reaching out to me constantly every single day with with messages and calls and everything else and then i'm not taking his calls and um one night he shows up to where i live with flowers and cards and he's crying and you know again he like drops to his knees and throws his arms around me and he's like i can't live without you i'll i'll do anything and you know professes his his love and his loyalty and on and on and on and um so <clears throat> i i start seeing him a little bit but at this point now i'm like I, I can't do this to my family. I can't do this to my children. I get, like th- we have some stuff to work out. Whatever we have going on, it's not healthy. And we have some issues. And I can't drag my kids along for the ride of this. Or like no, no one in my family is interested in, in hearing about this or watching me put myself through this. So I said maybe we can sort of work work on us. But quietly, and so it became like a secret that yes. I was seeing him. I, I was about to ask that because
1: yeah. at that point, after doing the, the telling your dad about the drugs, I mean, at this point, everything has to be a secret.
0: Yes, yes, and so now on top of everything else,
2: you're living a double mine. life. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, and um, and then you know because he was always calling me and texting me like I'm now like changing his name and my phone because what if my kids were to see it? And then, you know, if he called me in the car and, you know, my, my boys, I'm still driving them to and from school and all over the place. So they would know. I mean, kids are smart. And my oldest son, for sure, was like, who's that?
1: But, but, you know, but can tell if- right now you have no safe haven. You know, you have nowhere to go because you painted yourself into this uh, corner by telling everyone about him. And now because you can't go there. Are you uh, how lonely are you during this
0: point? Oh, I'm. Um, Super, super lonely and just, like, uh, not sleeping. Not, ha- I mean, having health problems and, you know, but holding on to whatever little pinch of hope that I can muster up in my mind or I don't know. It's, um, and I end up telling my mom. My mom because I ended up moving at this point. Did you um, but did you say to your
1: did you say to your mom, please don't tell anyone else?
0: So my mom and I have not had a like a very close relationship at all. Like I talked to my mom on the phone maybe twice a year and it, now it's a little bit more. It's been more this year, but historically speaking, it's when I call her. I call her on my birthday to thank her for giving birth to me (laughs) because I know like she has a really hard time reaching out to me and being affectionate with me or, um, she, she has a hard time showing that. And, um, but when I was moving, so I got divorced and after I got divorced, I moved five times. I, I was renting and I wasn't sure where I wanted to live or if I wanted to stay in this town. So I, I would rent a place and then it would get sold. And I would then I rented a place, then I needed a place. It was, whatever the reason, five times I moved with my kids. So finally, um I I buy a place and it's where I live now. It is my dream place. Like I am so happy. I, I love my home so much. And so this was like a, a very happy thing in my life. And um so I have my mom you know, I reach out to her and I say, I really need your help, you know, on like moving day on the moving and the packing. And so she comes down with my stepdad and I, I tell her, I say, look, I I started, you know, talking to this guy and I'm kind of seeing him and trying to work it out. And she knows kind of not to judge me, you know, Um, because she, she was with my father. My dad was also um, had a lot of Similar qualities, which is also why uh, he had such strong opinions about <clears throat> about this guy's behavior, the drugs, all of that. Um, because my dad used to do all that stuff, you know, like that was the thing. He's he's recovered from it, but. Um, and as far as the womanizing and all that, like, she's like, I get it. You know, I guess there was a part of her that knew I just needed to, like, go through and, and sort of learn it on my own. And um, so so I did tell my mom. And then um, my stepdad ended up mentioning to my sister about seeing this. Because he, he came, um, my ex ended up coming uh, to my place on moving day and my stepdad didn't know anything he he didn't know like really what had been going on and he mentions to my sister that oh he met April's guy and then my sister mentions it to my dad and my dad sends me a message that just said um <laughs> it said you broke my heart I am so disappointed in you and he stopped talking to me. And I got that message and I was like, "Oh, that message broke my heart." And um and then that was that was like the beginning of of the other end, I would say, because things just didn't change enough with the guy. It was it was just it was never solid. It was never secure. It was it was never, you know, happy for me. It was just like, um, one, uh, you know, heartbreak one mm-hmm. issue after another. And, um, finally, uh, when was it? Yeah. I, okay. So, so finally I got the gift of, um, of proof. <laughs> you know how I said there was never proof of anything. It was just a feeling. It was just a feeling. Cause I always thought, Oh, if I just had proof, That's all I would need. And um, sure enough, I I got proof. um, Someone, the girl who introduced me to him, the girl that was recommending, you know, years before trying to set us up. I will say she was, they worked, she knew him in a professional capacity, so she didn't know him, like, personally. And as time went on, when she found out, like, the sort of person he was, she spent you know, so long trying to apologize. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry for setting you up with this person. He's, you know, terrible. <laughs> He's a maniac. Had I known, I never, ever would have, you know, gotten you guys together. And it was her who ended up meeting someone who worked in his office. And and my friend says to this girl, oh, my, my friend dates him. And the girl goes, oh. She said, Is she a good friend? My friend goes, Yeah, yeah, she's a really good friend. And she said, Well, tell her that she should run for the hills. Like, he's such bad news. He's seen this girl and this girl and, like, gives examples of these people who are coming to the office and, um, and what he's into. Like, one of the girls, um, you know, he would take into his office and she was really into him, like uh, being physical with her, like, uh, you know, spanking her, hitting her. What, like they had a very physical relationship. And then, you know, I just got details about like these girls and I heard that. And um, and then I he called me, he was messaging me and messaging me and. I wasn't responding and then he called me and he's like, what's going on? I've been messaging you. And then I can't remember how I worded it, but basically I was just like, I told him that I knew what was going on and just told him, you know, to, to stay away from me, never call me again. I want absolutely nothing to do with him. Stay away from my family. You know, he's he's a horrible, disgusting person. And, you know, and then he, um, he ended up emailing me and threatening me with, uh, you know, he's, he's like, you think I'm horrible and disgusting. And then he threatened me with pictures of, like, releasing some pictures of me and, like, emailing them out. And I knew he was just crazy enough to do something like that. So I contacted my, my friend who's also my lawyer, and I forwarded him the email, and I said, This this guy is threatening to do this. And that day my lawyer whipped up a response and he sent it to him. And basically it was like a cease and desist. And he said, What you're threatening to do is a felony. Like you can't and he listed whatever statutes or whatever and um and then, you know, my lawyer advised me, you know, stay away from this guy. He's he's a kook, you know, like move on. Okay, so now this is when I'm I'm online looking at something and I see this video, seven things narcissists do to whatever. And then it starts off, you know, that feeling in your stomach that, and it, it was seven things. And it was, it blew my mind. Every single thing it listed was, was something he had done. It was exactly what I had been experiencing. And I was like, what is this? I, I mean, I had heard the word, but I thought it was a person who just like really liked themselves, you know, like narcissist. But then when I started learning about narcissistic personality disorder, it blew my mind because this guy is textbook. It was, it could not have been more clear. It was, it was almost funny. I was like, I mean, just straight from the pages. A book. And, um, and I just really dove into finding out as, as much as I possibly could about th- the mindset of these people and also like of me, you know, what is it? How, it, and, and it made me feel better. Like, you know, there's, uh, it doesn't discriminate, you know, it's, it's not <laughs> the highly educated, successful Kind, loving, amazing, intelligent people are drawn to these people, and and they are just masterful at at just manipulation and fuckery on the highest level. It's it's crazy. So as I started to learn about that, this guy is just bombarding me with with emails and messages and pictures and flowers and gifts and you know mother's day comes around and he's sending me stuff he's sending my mother stuff he's sending my ex mother-in-law my any female in my family he's sending gifts to it's just really inappropriate especially considering it had been you know a couple months since I'd spoken to him but he was just like unrelenting and, um, so, you know, he's coming back into my life, right? Like this, it's just, this is never a clean break. So ha- I, I can't remember how it, it came to be that, uh, I don't know. I, I agreed to, you know, have.
1: You still had
0: your addiction for him. I, I do. I do. And I met with him and this is so crazy. But when I met with him, I was like, okay. So here's the thing, like, I, now that I, – and I, I basically tell him, you know, like, th- this, is, this is it. This is who you are. That I show him the video. Like, we're at a bar, and it's kind of loud, so I have my headphones. I'm like, I'm going to play this for you, and you're going to see – this is you. It's crazy. Like, this is why we can't be together because like, oh my gosh, looking back, I just kind of want to laugh at that. But, um, so I play it for him. And of course he thinks it's complete nonsense. Like he does not see himself in that obviously. And, um, but we start, I I kind of, and it's weird. I can't believe that with all the knowledge I had that I, I, I saw him, you know, a few more times, but it it was very different. And um, it's funny because I looking back now, I'll tell you what happened when I was seeing him uh, before I was, um, I was his primary source of supply or whatever. And after the breakup and when we got back together, I could feel that I had become the dirty secret. I had be like there, he was with someone else. I could just feel it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm the side chick now. You know, when I mean, in actuality, he always had multiple, multiple girls. Like he was incapable of being alone, which is another red flag. Oh my God. Anybody who can't be alone with their own company. That's, that's huge. And, and he, yeah, so that's the whole other thing. But, um, so he, um, so we saw each other a little bit more and then what, what ended it for me, what really did it for me. And this is, this is kind of crazy. I ended up going to see, um, uh, to see someone, um, like not a palm reader, stand you know what Santeria is
2: <laughs> no i don't <laughs> so know she
0: was like okay i, I don't i can ex- i don't know enough of it either but so i it this is um she's a santero like a she i don't know i had a couple friends who were telling me oh they went to see her and you know she gave them like some really good advice on on you know whatever in their life and um I go see this woman. She she doesn't speak English, so I bring my friends with me, the one who had introduced me to this guy. I bring her with me to translate. And um, I had never done anything like this before, but the woman, you know, sits me down, and it's, like, in this little, uh, almost kind of like a hut, right? Like, And it's it's in her backyard, and there's, like, pictures of saints around. She sits across from me. And she looks at me, and she says, "You're being torn apart on the inside. you're being torn apart by indecision." And she said, "Miss about a man." And she describes him. she said he's big, he's muscular, and she's describing him, and she said, "This man, if you stay with him, will treat you and she she does her arm like she's mopping basically saying he will treat you like a dirty rag used to mop up a floor if you stay with him. He has no respect for you and um and he doesn't love you. And uh so she said that and that immediately got my attention. I was like wow and and she there's no way that anyone could have, you know, told her anything. Like this was she didn't know the person I was with. I made the appointment on my own. It was it was all very strange. And then she had me uh she did something with cards, right? So she said, choose uh seven cards and out of this whole deck and then she flipped them over. She flips one and two. She said, Two children. She said, You have two boys. And I said, Yes. And she flipped over the other one. She said, Oh, this is your home. Uh, you know, you have a new home. I do. <laughs> and basically every single card was so accurate as to what I had in my life, two boys, a home, a job. She said, you have everything, you have everything you have to be happy. And you know, you need to focus on, on yourself. And, um, it, it would through, a complete stranger doing this, this reading for me that solidified what I already knew. Basically I, I needed a stranger to tell me to trust myself is, is the gist of it. So I saw her, I was like, this is it. It's, it's like enough already because if I stay with him, it's going to be more of the same. It, it, it'll be, you know, just lies and th- there's there's no happiness here. There's no peace. I was, I was constantly always just on edge. And, um, and that, that's when I ended it. So that was now in uh, like October of 2018.
1: And how's and your, how's your healing I, process since?
0: I, I, well, so I was still like really, I was really sad then, right? Like still healing myself, but just, Continuing to just do the right stuff, not dating, I knew that and nor did I have the desire, so that's good i in in the past, I think sometimes if a relationship ended, you know you you get over one person by just just going out and whether it's going out with your friends or going out on dates, you sort of just move on by distraction. For the first time, I, I did not want to distract myself. I wanted to be very still in my life, and I wanted to feel my feelings and just sort of learn from them because it, I also knew I was, I was too old to keep repeating the same patterns, the same thing over and over. And if I didn't get the lesson, um, that's what was going to happen. And, um, so, so that was, that was October. Okay. So now November, I, I go on vacation on like a weekend trip with a bunch of my friends and I have a wonderful time, like so good. And I, it, it was so needed and it was, it was some old friends. It was some new friends. I was just very, very happy that night I come home. And I get a message um, on my social media from a girl, and she says, hi, um, basically saying that she's engaged to this guy, to my ex. She said, I was his former and now again current fiance. Um, Do you mind, can I ask you, are you in contact with him? And I was like, what? You know, and and I said no. You know, not in contact with him. Um, I said, in fact, he's he's like one of the worst individuals I've ever met. So you know, good luck with that. And because um, I guess she had gone through his phone and had seen all these messages that that he had sent to me. And then, funny enough, she she did. She sent me this. Um, This message, he had sent me a message uh, a couple months uh, previously, and he showed a picture of uh, he was holding a shark. Like, I was out fishing, and there was a shark, and I grabbed it and brought it into the boat, and So she said, I can't believe he sent you this. And then she showed me the picture of her grabbing the shark. It was her. She was the one who got it (laughs) and it was in the boat. And then he took a picture with it and she's like, oh, you know, he's. And so I guess she had been dealing with him for many years. And then I came to learn actually that the four years that he would be texting me every six months. Hey, how are you? how are the kids? Are you married? He was engaged to her that whole time. I never knew her name. I never knew anything about her. And, um, I, you know, so this first interaction with her, I was just like, look, I can't like, I've moved on from that guy. I I wish you all the luck in the world, but I I can't even talk about him. I I didn't want to like go down that road again. She said, I totally understand. And then, um, like two days later, she messaged me again, and she said, "Is it possible that we can talk?" She she had apparently found out some more stuff, and I was like, oh. "I said okay, but." And I ended up giving her my phone number, and she called me, and um, we talked for hours, <laughs> and it was every question I had ever had about anything I I had cleared up for me. So in in that regard, I'm so grateful. It was so healing for me. Like the New Year's Eve where he left me and left me at his house. He went to her. He spent New Year's Eve. After that, when we got back together, he professed, oh, I was, I was home. I was in bed. I was devastated. Like on and on and on all these lies. The, um, you know, the great aunt's birthday when he didn't show up that day, I, he was with this other girl he had been seen. Like I, all the gaps, all the questions, all of it, I, I, it was all answered. And I was like, thank God. And it was, I was already, ha- I had moved past him on an emotional level to where I didn't care, but I was so grateful to have the answers. And, um, and then at one point, she ended up messaging. I think she meant to message him. Oh, and we—I mean, we went down just the rabbit hole. This girl and myself of just exchanging uh, messages and pictures. Like he had sent me, you know, when we were broken up. Oh, that he was going to uh, propose to me, and he sent me pictures of wedding rings. He sent her the same thing. I think one of them she actually had. That was that was her ring. Like it 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 was just the same stuff to both of us. And um it was it was just laughable. And so she ends up messaging him with some screenshots of being like, Are you kidding me? But then she put me on the message, I guess I don't know, by accident or whatever. She she said it was at first, but then the two of us ended up on this text message just like, you know, completely verbally you know, ripping into him. And it it felt really good uh to do that for a little bit one evening and then the next day I was like, Okay, that was that was probably the most mean I've ever been to a person. I'm not really one to talk to someone in
2: such just
0: horrible way. But any bad thought or feeling I, I ever <clears throat> had towards him or any awful thing I ever wanted to say to him, I said it. And, and I mean, it felt really good, (laughs) but I knew, you know, I couldn't, you know, continue. I, it was a moment in time, but what ended up happening was that through that little outburst of mine, um, and really going at him like that, well, she ended up ultimately breaking up with him. And I guess the other girl that he was seeing on the side, also, she did as well. So now, I mean, and those are just the ones I know of. Who knows who I don't know of? But these two significant players in his life ended up wanting nothing to do with him. So uh, his retaliation for that was um, the day before Thanksgiving um, of 2018. Um, we sent out a packet, 13 pages, with, um, pictures and just crazy, the writing, every page had like writing on it about the two of us. And, and it was really the writing of a lunatic. You, you could just imagine that he was probably like coked up and typing it. Just, it was, it was written just crazy. And the pictures, were basically every sexual act that I could have been ashamed of having done with him. Um, He had pictures of, whether I I knew about it or not. His his house also had cameras all over it. So I think videos were taken at certain times, and then pictures were made from those videos. But 13 pages of pictures that you would just never want someone to see he sent out to my employer to my ex-husband to my father Ugh. to uh, my therapist they all but the first person to get it was my employer and i got it actually i got the mail and it it was addressed to her and i knew it was this big Manila envelope and I I just knew it was something, and it said confidential, and I opened it. And it was all these pictures. Now, mind you, my employer is my ex-mother-in-law. We work together. <laughs> so <clears throat> I had this in my hand, and I'm looking at it, and I was like, oh, my God. You know, um, and I went in, and I said, well, I can tear this up, and she'll never know. Or... And I had a very honest relationship with her. And she had witnessed the past year and a half of my life of just me coming into work, whether I was crying or angry or this whole realm of emotion that she had to to witness and deal with on a firsthand basis of just seeing, you know, how unhealthy and unhappy I had become. So and there was nothing in that packet that she didn't already know. Because I, I was very open with her and and would tell her, um, well, I told her after the fact of, of things that had happened. So I brought it in and I just handed it to her and I said, "This just this just appeared." And she looked at it and she said, "I swear, I want to kill him." <laughs> you know, she and she's older and she's handicapped, and she said, "Oh." I really, you know, I wish I could hurt hurt him. Like, he's terrible. I can't believe he did this. And, and I said, well, you know, he, he's crazy. And at this point, I'm thinking this is the only packet, right? I thought he sent this peer to her. And I'm like, well, you know, and I'm thinking I'm not going to let him. This was the day before Thanksgiving. I had plans that night with my friends. I had made some food. We were going to have, like, a giving. So I said, well, I'm not going to let this ruin my night. I'm still going to go. And I went home, and I'm showering, and I'm getting ready. And I'm blow-drying my hair, and my phone is ringing. I'm ringing. And finally, you know, I answer. It's my ex-husband. And I go, hello. And he's like, yeah. I go, huh? And he said, yeah, I got it, too. And I said, what? He said, you should just imagine that anybody that you're going to see tomorrow at Thanksgiving just probably imagine that they all got it and I I flipped out like at that point I I wanted to die. I wanted to jump off my balcony. I was I was devastated. I was horrified um and so yeah, I didn't go out that night. I couldn't stop crying. I was and so then immediately I started to call my mother, my sisters, my father, and I just said, Look, if if you receive something, do not open it. And I, I explained because they all seemed to look the same. They came in these manila envelopes. And I was like, just don't open it. Just trust me. You know, you can't unsee it. And um so the next day at Thanksgiving we have a security guy who, who works at our office and does the cameras and everything. And he, he used to, you know, work for the government. And so I, I sat down with him and told him everything that was going on. And, and he was like, look, we, and we had a family meeting and we decided this guy is crazy. Like he, he, he takes drugs. He probably takes steroids. He's huge. He's, uh, erratic he's dangerous and he's also looking for a reaction and there's there's no reaction that's really gonna like be the right one and he also has a lot of guns and stuff like that so they were like you know what our reaction is just gonna be silence we're gonna do nothing we're gonna say nothing but you know, um because we thought he would retaliate if I like went to the police or something like that and um and so i didn't do anything i didn't say anything and then a week later my dad called me and said okay i got it too and then my therapist called me and he said i got it too and then i was like okay enough is enough so then my dad thank god did not open it he put it you know unopened in in his safe. but i picked it up and um and i took it to my lawyer and my lawyer said, absolutely, like, we need to, to go after this guy. This is not okay. And so we, um, I, you know, took a restraining order out against him, and he had to, like, turn in his guns. And um, we went to court, and I had two different uh, lawsuits against him. And um, we ended up settling. I I had his lawyer depose me for about eight hours, and it was the worst experience I've I've ever gone through. It was humiliating, and I was crying, and I felt just, like, I I felt awful. I felt like a piece of trash. And when I left with my lawyer, my lawyer said to me, he's like, listen— this is designed to make, this is the worst thing you're going to experience and it's designed to make you want to quit. And however you feel right now, if you want to quit, we'll talk, about, and this was like on a Thursday night. He said, we'll talk about it, you know, Monday. We're not doing anything. He said, because this this is, you know, he, he went after you. It was all very strategic and, you know, whatever. And, because um, I, I really wanted to quit after that. I couldn't imagine going to court And maybe even having a jury. And oh, so um, his deposition was going to be like a week later. And so the day before his deposition, I went in to see my lawyer and I said, look, his guy went after me for hours about like stuff that had nothing to do with. With the uh, the issue at hand, really, right? Like they break you down. They ask you. He asked me about every past relationship I'd ever been involved in, stuff about my kids, stuff about my work. Like they really work to exhaust you. So then, when they get to the meat of the matter, you're you're tired, you're beaten down. You're, so I said. I want you to do the same thing to him. And so I I came in armed with all sorts of advice and, you know, things that he should ask him about. And and my lawyer's like, "Yeah, but you know, you also, you don't want to look like you're out for spite and you're wounded and you're, you know, so he, I didn't think he was really going to, you know, go after him to such a hard degree. And, um, and then he said something that really worried me. He said, um, he said, "You know, it it might not go our way. To be honest, they kept trying to make me settle, you know." And he said, um, "He said his lawyer is really good. He had two lawyers, actually. He said they're really good, and all they need to do if this goes to court is create doubt." And he said, "The best way to do that." and this is like kind of going down a weird tangent but i thought it was interesting his lawyer said uh, or my, my guy said if he were my client what i would say is uh yeah you know we we were sexual like paint the picture that the two of us yeah we were we were sexually like very promiscuous we were part of this community, we would, we would have parties and get together with other couples. And we, you know, made it, make it sound like we had like very crazy sex life with lots of people involved and then say, yeah, we would share pictures. We we would text these pictures back and forth. That packet could have come from anyone because by the way, he was claiming he didn't send the packet. Like, I don't know. I didn't send it. So, um, Had he painted the picture like that, like that, you know, we were just this crazy, promiscuous couple and they could have come from anyone sort of thing, that that would have created enough doubt to, you know, really just get him off the hook. But instead, he um, he wanted to appear like he was the victim.
2: Um,
0: He actually I forgot he went so far as to actually mail the same packet to his own family, to his mother and father. And so he he uh, you know, said, "I was sent the same thing." And so he tried to make it sound like an ex-girlfriend did it out of sight or whatever. And so what what made this all in, thank goodness, it it didn't go on for very long because during his deposition, his parents were called in, and my lawyer started questioning them about the packets. and they got every question wrong. you know he would Say so was the writing on on the packet, and they would say it separately. You know, no, nope, no writing, just pictures. So basically, you know, he sent the packet to his address, but the parents never saw it. But he had them both like dragged in to be questioned. I mean, it's it's crazy. And, and when it was all said and done, his 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 lawyer called me, and we just we caught them in a in a bunch of lies. And the the day after his deposition, um, they were calling and wanting to settle, and so they knew it it was not going to go well. So so that's it. it Ended. It was settled. Uh, There is a private agreement between us. A um, what do you call it?
2: Uh, A
1: a non disclosure. uh,
0: Yeah, non-disclosure, like uh, the, the restraining order sort of thing. Like if he were to contact me, I could call the cops and um, whatever. Like we're, he's, you know, we're supposed to stay away from each other. Okay, so all that happens. Um, I'm I'm feeling much better in myself, right? Emotionally, I'm I'm over him. <laughs> I've taken a lot of time to. <clears throat> to really just focus on myself and, and learn what could have made me be drawn to someone like him anyway. And like what all that was about. Um, I've, I meditate <laughs> uh, what I've um, I have just much better self practices of self care, I guess is, is, Is
1: what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Sorry. Oh, no. So, so, I I mean, in the healing process, um, I mean, when did this uh, finally settle?
0: Okay. Okay. So
1: has it been? A so long- the healing
0: process is, I, I feel really good now, right? He has contacted me. That's the part that's like, oh, I can't. Okay, so now here we are. It's it's quarantine time, right?
1: He did a Hoover. Um, he tried to do a quarantine Hoover. Yeah,
0: yes, I think that's probably going around. I think everybody's exes are coming out of the woodwork. So before we got on full-on lockdown, he messaged me and he goes, permission to ask you something, um, not about us, but it was a work related thing. It was about an investment. And so I said, okay. Um, and he messaged me. And so he, he asked me about, about a stock and I gave my opinion. And then, so that's, that's how he, he sort of worked his way back in was asking about something that had nothing to do with, with us. But, but let me say, okay. Um, in going through the healing process, I I have really like come to grips with um, with the role that I played in this. I also I've learned a lot from it. Right now, I have I have a lot of self love, a lot of like self respect, I have confidence, I have trust in myself, I have all these qualities that I think had I had when I met him, we never would have gotten together. He wouldn't have been attracted to me. I wouldn't have been attracted to him. I would have trusted myself. And, like, things just would have gone very differently. I also think that throughout my life, there have been many, many circumstances and, like, lessons that have come my way. Like, the universe tried to teach me these things at many points throughout my life. And in smaller ways and softer ways. And I just didn't get it. I didn't get the lesson. I'm stubborn. I'm a slow learner. And it really took something horrific. It took me getting hit over the head with, like, the ultimate humiliation to get these lessons. And so I I look at the whole experience, as awful as it was, I'm like, if that's what I had to go through to get to where I am now, then I mean, it's not my fault, but man, it's, you know, it it had to happen that way, I guess. I guess that's what it took for me to, to really learn. And, um, I have a lot of compassion for him also, because I really, I see him as being emotionally handicapped. Like I, the same way that a person in a wheelchair has a physical handicap. I, I think he is so broken on an emotional level and it's, it's, you know, nothing I can do to fix it. I don't, I, I don't think it's, it's fixable from, from what I've, I've learned and read. Um, I feel sorry for him. I feel really, really sorry for his children. Um, but I, <clears throat> You know, I I I don't wish him ill will. I don't even I don't harbor bad feelings towards him, and I also think that um, I mean I I feel I'm, I'm responsible for the part that I played and all that. I I kept letting him in. I kept opening up the door. I kept responding. I I kept I I'm just as much to blame for everything that went down. I was an active participant. Um, so when he reached out to me asking about you know advice or whatever and so we went back and forth and then you know and then come the memes have you noticed the memes that have been happening especially in the early part of the quarantine i mean for as crazy as everything that's happening in the world there have been just you know the memes i think have have kept i just really what, it, what is your favorite meme there. Oh my gosh! Um, my favorite one. There's, there's. Well, my favorite one is, is okay. Uh, it's just words. There's a lot of like picture ones that are pretty funny. But a couple weeks ago, I got one that said, "I'm giving up drinking until this is over," and then it said, "Sorry, bad punctuation. I'm giving up. Period." drinking comma until this is over. So it's not as funny when you say it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Something, something that happened during this uh, call with you was when you said the word Santeria. Uh, there's a song that I love forever. I never even understood the first line of the song <laughs> until now. I don't
2: practice Santeria. Santa- exactly. Yes. Yes.
1: I, yes. I don't got no crystal ball. Never understood the meaning of any of it. Now I do, so thank you.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. Well, and that, you know, that kind of gets a bad rap, too, that whole practice of that. I mean, I, I don't know a lot about it, but I know that this woman like I've heard it said that there's, you know, like the, she's, um she's not magic, but she, she has, she's like worked with good energy, right? She's all good. She's, and by the way, I will say this about, about her. She didn't take any money. She, she didn't charge me because that's another thing. When, when you take money and compensation for like a, a spiritual sort of gift that you have, that it, it does something to it. It diminishes your sort of ability to. So, I mean, I, you know, I slipped some money under her thing as like a donation or whatever, but she doesn't charge. So she, she sees it as her way of spreading. Like, you know, she did did me. Yeah. She did me a huge favor and I was very grateful. And she, she also told me some good stuff about my kids and, you know, she was very on point with them as well. Um, but, uh, so, okay. So I had the, the like a meme exchange with him and, and then, um, he, he never admitted to, to sending the stuff, right. But uh, one day he, the packet or whatever, but one day he did say, you know, thank you. He thanked me for being nice to him. He thanked me for even answering him back on any of his messages. He said, you know, I, I don't deserve it. I, um, basically alluding to the fact that he had done something, you know, very unkind to me. And I just said, look, I said, I don't like harbor, I don't harbor bad feelings towards you. I, I understand, you know, the part that, that, that I played in it and, um, you know, but kind of, it, it is what it is. Like, I'm very happy now, you know, so, um, and and then, but he took that as like, well, you know, I really love you and I'd really love to see you. And I was just like, that's, that's not going to happen. Like, I'm, I'm not interested in that either. I said, look, I'm very clear. Like I've learned a lot about myself and, and I'm, I'm a hundred percent certain that I am not what you want, you know, and, and you're not what I want either. Like I'm clear about that too. But um like I would never make you happy. You know, like you're I and I was like just embrace who you are. You're you're a guy who you really like having, you know, uh multiple girls in your life to choose from. Like be that person. There there are people who would be okay with that, but just don't pretend like you're like this in a monogamous relationship when you want to be seeing five girls at the same time. I mean, just just be who you are. But you know, but that's no fun, I don't think for for people like that. Um, he did and I mean be- before I had that conversation with him, before I made it very clear how I'm not interested in anything. he he actually proposed to me <laughs> during the quarantine uh, as everything is closed down everything he hired a plane to he, fly did, overhead he just needs action yes. huh
1: he just needs action like a constant action it's like yeah like how a gambler needs a casino um 24 hours a day he needs to feed off of interaction and supply of people
0: massive, massive amounts of it, yes. And when I, that plane flew over with the banner, it was a plane with a banner and a helicopter behind him taking pictures of the banner just in case I didn't see it, you know, to take pictures so, you know, so I could see the whole thing so I have pictures and video of it. And I saw that, and I just... I, I, I wanted to laugh, and I was also like this is insane, you know? And then he was so proud. He's like, yeah, but who does this? How, you know, he was, he was just so proud of like going the extra mile for, and I said, yeah, I said, you're really all about the grand gesture. And, and I said, I'm quite certain that the packet that you sent out of me, you know, my greatest humiliation was your grand gesture to someone else. And it was the girl who had contacted me, his fiance. I'm a hundred percent certain that he did that as his proof to her. I know he, he made it, you know, he, he like got it all together. And I know he showed it to her to be like, look, this is how I'm, you know, getting rid of this girl and I'm doing it for you. So I said, yeah, you're all about the grand gesture. And that's, you know, but, but I don't want that. So it was
1: a whirlwind
2: of an experience,
1: <laughs> well, conf- but it was, yeah. So, congr- <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy cause it sounds like, um, you know, the whole addiction aspect of him being in your system is completely gone. Um, and you know, you learned a lot from your experience and you've grown pretty quickly. Um, with understanding everything that's happened, but embracing it uh, fully, like your life has been, um, you know, uh, you know, not turned upside down. It was turned upside down, but the improvements you've made as far as, um, you know, boundaries and everything has happened pretty quickly, it sounds.
0: Boundaries, that's the word. Yes, I had no boundaries before. Yes, yes. Well, there's so much... There's just so much great knowledge out there. Your podcast, the I, I read a couple of books that had a profound effect on helping me learn. There were certain channels on YouTube that that I would go to religiously, and just filling myself with as much knowledge as I could was really great. And can I also say that <clears throat> you know I started this relationship with him right about the same time i was starting a new career so along the process of appealing myself i it, it was tough because i was in i was in a new career that really like i i hmm, how do i say this i i had a lot to learn right mm-hmm. so I felt like there were days that I should have like woken up and, and been studying and learning different things about this field that I'm now in. But instead I was doing stuff that was healing for my soul. And for a while I was kind of feeling guilty about that. Cause I'm like, wow, I should really like be, you know, doing work stuff rather than soul building stuff. But now I realize. Um, everything I did was absolutely the right thing because I could have been focused on, you know, the stock market and learning all sorts of stuff about the economy. But if I was still broken on the inside, I would have had no idea or ability how to talk to people, how to connect with people because I would have still been so disconnected with myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I took like a year and a half and just really, worked on healing myself and and you know developing a better relationship with myself and in doing that i'm i've i'm just I'm in a much happier place and i I know that even when I'm faced with you know whatever stress or obstacle like it serves as a purpose like it it can teach me something and i um with my work i'm feeling because I now have the sense of trust with myself. Like I trust my own guidance system now in, in a way that I didn't before. I know that if something feels off in my body, it is off because I, I heard something um, recently and I love this, but it was along the lines of like your body knows because your body is part of nature and nature is never wrong. And your mind, the mind has all sorts of ways to trick you and to make up excuses or justify things, but the body, the body is nature. And so I've, I've learned to really listen to my body and rely on my body when I'm now questioning something. And, um, I don't know. I just have a lot more confidence in myself and I'm, I'm wanting now to, to take chances uh, mostly in my career, <laughs> but I'm really looking. Um, it just—I don't know. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm looking very confidently into the future of—I don't know. Now that I've overcome this, I feel like—I—I uh, I don't know. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm up for whatever the challenge challenges are in life.
1: Well, Summer, I'm uh, thankful you came on to the show today and sharing your story with everyone. Um, it's inspiring that you are in the place you are right now. Um, and I just want to thank you for being here with me today.
0: Thank you so much. This has been very healing for me. And I think this is maybe the final step of my healing process. I've, I've Now that I've told this story... I don't feel like I ever have to tell it again. Like I'm just ready to to move forward and and move past it. So this has been a, you know, a beautiful sense of closure for me as well. And I thank you for that.
1: Well, you're welcome. And I hope for a lot of people that, you know, you know, the purpose of the show is for people to feel less alone, but also a purpose of the show is for one day to never have to listen to the show. Um again <laughs> that you uh, have uh, come to terms with everything and have moved on um and if you do uh, still stay and listen to the show that hopefully you're an advocate for others um but I want to thank you again for being here uh with me today and for everyone else who is listening I hope you have a good night
0: thank you